This is Action and Ambition, the show that takes you all over the world to share interviews with the most successful and relevant people on the planet, hear their backstory, get the most important lessons they've learned on their road to success, and hear exclusive tips on how to implement their success in your own life. Action and Ambition is brought to you by Entrepreneur Magazine and your host, Andrew Metal. Welcome to the Action and Ambition Podcast. I'm your host today, Chase Geyser. And with us, we have a very special guest. David Weiss is the CEO of Wimstay. He was hired to help scale leading vacation rental sites, providing exclusive discounts on last-minute bookings, off-season trips, pre- and post-holiday rentals, weekdays, leading into weekend getaway destinations, etc. Prior to that, he grew a travel and real estate payments business from $70 million to $200 million plus and launched a firm advising fintechs, marketplaces, SaaS businesses, private equity, and venture capital firms on payments, strategy, partnerships, scaling operations, go-to-market strategy, M&A, and financing alternatives. In his former life, he was an investment banker with over 20 years experience executing a broad range of M&A transactions, strategic partnerships, joint ventures, public and private equity offerings, working capital facilities, leveraged finance and investment grade bank and bond deals, and led roughly 100 transactions representing over $80 billion in deal value. The broad industry coverage across sustainability, technology payments, financial services, energy infrastructure, and industrial sectors. David, it is an honor and a pleasure to have you on the Action and Ambition podcast. How are you, sir? Chase, thanks for having me on. Just hearing you that, hearing you read through that, um, I think it just means I've been alive for a long time. So <laughs> fired up. So one of the questions I like to ask to start this podcast, especially with entrepreneurs as seasoned as you are, where was your head at when you were 18? Oh boy. Um, where was my head at when I was eight, 18? Well, I mean, I can give you a little, you know, snapshot. You know, I come from a blue-collar family, dad worked in a meatpacking plant and mom didn't get her first job until she was 40 after they uh, divorced. Great parents, good values, did the best they could. They, you know, life was difficult for them for a number of reasons. And I thought, I, I think I got it into my head fairly early that I wanted to chart a better course for myself. And that led me down some roads uh, from a schooling standpoint, you know, from playing sports and doing those, you know, type of things, not really knowing what that meant. Uh, but it led me not in a straight line to where I'm at today, you know, with really kind of that basic foundation in a nutshell, in a 10 second nutshell. So what was the first thing you did after you graduated high school? So I became an investment banker, uh, advising nice. companies, uh, raising capital for companies and advising on a broad range of strategic initiatives. And I spent the majority, I did that for 20 years, 20 plus years. And I spent the majority of my time with CEOs, founders, CFOs, boards of directors, other members of the management team. And along the way, maybe about halfway through, I came to believe pretty strongly that I was more like this other group, meaning the client group, companies, CEOs, CFOs, that type of operator person versus the banking person. And so in some ways, I felt like I was an emerging growth operator trapped in an investment banker's body for a period of time. And when I finally got enough courage to do something about it uh, at 43, um, I got my first real job and transitioned out of banking into a payments company focused on the travel space uh, and real estate markets where we were the payment engine for Verbo. 
uh, and uh, hundreds of thousands of property owners and four to 5,000 property managers powering payments uh, for that group. And that relationship led me to meet the, or that experience, I should say, uh, led me to get introduced to the founder and CEO of Wimsday, which is where I'm at now. Uh, and it was really just meant to be an advisory assignment. Could I help out in some way? It was early stage. Um, we just aligned on every front, and I joined the company as COO in uh, uh, August of last year and assumed the CEO role uh, Jan 1. Wow. Now, is Wimstay a publicly traded company? Uh, Wimstay is a private, uh, a private company, and we do, uh, we, we do two things. So, Chase, if you're a traveler and you want to book the absolute best last-minute deal on a vacation rental home or condo in North America, you just go to wimstay.com or download the app and we'll make that happen. And if you're a property manager, property owner, and you're thinking about listing your vacation rental properties on our site, you know that half of all vacation rental nights go unbooked every year, which is leaving ballpark you know, 50 to $70 million of value on the table. If you want to book some of those vacancies with happy travelers, uh, particularly in that last minute booking window, we'll make that happen. And then we we kind of put those two together, traveler and property owner or property manager. So what was your last year in the investment banking space specifically? Oh, my last year in the investment banking space was 10 years ago. So okay. that, you know, 2013-ish, halfway through 2013, something like that. So what was it like in the investment banking space between 2007 and 2013? Well, well, 2008, you know, I, I, I go back to 91. So there's a couple, you know, the banking business, investment banking business often goes by very big swings in the market. And so I've gone through a couple of very, very high cycles of economic growth and capital raising and lots of M&A activity and huge down crashes. We had a really big one in 2008, 2009, you know, a combination of things, the housing market uh, and other things where businesses contract and lots of people get fired and pots, lots of people lose money. And through some magic of the of uh, of our capital market system and the magic of just companies and founders and CEOs across all different industries, we kind of made it back from that abyss like we have from many other abysses, whether it's the tech uh, uh, the tech bomb in, in 99, 2000, it was sort of a similar uh, recovery to some degree uh, after some bailouts and such, you know, coming into 2009, 2010, 2011. And I really got into this, you meaning the travel business uh, in uh, in the really early days of Verbo um, becoming a, a payment company and, and getting into the transaction flow as opposed to just, you know, listing properties on, on the site. So I'll, think, I'll, I'll stop there since the question was about the banking. No, sure. And, and my question then for you is, do you feel like an entrepreneur or like an employee as the CEO of this company that you initially came into in sort of an advisory role? Do you feel like you work for them or do you feel like that, that they work for you or both? I'm 53. Uh, I'm mm -hmm. a first time CEO. And I mean this 1000% sincerely. I am having the best time of my career by a long shot. It's the highest risk thing not just the earliest, you know, stage thing. And I really kind of meant uh, what I said before about kind of being aligned from a 
however you want to describe it, uh, you know, personality traits and otherwise, you know, more an operator than an, an investment banker. And so, and I've really partnered up one of the unique situations outside of just the space that we're in, the partners that we have and go to market strategies is I really became a partner with the founder. And so I don't believe at all that, you know, that we're, uh, I believe that we are partners in this exercise as much as anybody who is not a founder can feel like a founder and a partner. I do in this case, given our stage and my relationship with him. So that's a really cool thing. And, and uh, uh, I think an uncommon thing, particularly, you know, to be in the position I'm, I'm in, again, not as the founder, but as really as a partner to the founder. It's really cool. Hmm. So what would you say is something that you know now that you wish you would have known when you started in your current role? Um, you know, you can't, uh, I was actually literally just listening to a, a Joe Jackson con, you, you know, you can't get what you want until you know what you want. And hmm. I knew that I wasn't happy on the track that I was on. And I knew that I probably should be doing something else. I was, this is in during the banking career. Um, and I was always kind of a, afraid to do make that kind of transition because you know you're making decent money and there's a lot of risk involved and all these factors that go into both the excitement the challenge and the opportunity of a of a startup and so as i've gotten a little bit older you know trust your instincts don't be you know don't be afraid to fail um surround yourself with people you know not just smarter than you and have similar you know, workplace values, uh, but think the same way and do the same things. And I wish I was more self-aware um, uh, much longer ago where I maybe could have done this a couple times, but that's probably what sticks out. There's been lots of learnings along the way and lots of mistakes and lots of things I've improved. But the core of it for me, honestly, Chase, is, is that bit of it is that if you're, it's, if you're 53 or 23, it's never too late to do something like this and try to build a company from scratch. And I'm happy I finally got there. What kind of impact did the pandemic have on the business? Well, for us, you know, we, 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 the company was just sort of forming. It was like a, you know, a guy in a garage around that time. And really 22 was the first, 21 was the first year of real commercialization. And so by Sometimes you just need to get lucky. And so what our business model is on the supply side, meaning where our properties come from, is we have to integrate into all the major vacation rental software companies uh, whose customers are large vacation rental property managers across the country and across North America. During the COVID year, you know, a complete startup coming from nowhere, you know, because, and that, this is just my kind of conjecture to some degree, because we were just getting started and and folks were less busy, you know, less busy in the travel space than they might have been otherwise during 2020. It was actually a great time to just get integrated into all those softwares and create the channel to market for us, which is ultimately getting in, getting attached and contracted with those property management companies uh, who list their homes uh, on on Wednesday. And so, you know, because we were midstream and we we had a book of business that kind of went, disappeared for a, a period of time or got significantly impacted, we were just starting out and it just happened to be a good time to be, you know, integrating and doing all the, let's say, the plumbing work required to do what we do. So from that perspective, it's it was kind of a, a pretty good thing for us. So what's next for the business? What are your goals for it by 2025? Well, there's a couple of things I'm super excited about. You know, we we've got a 
an awesome set of products and new features that are going to be rolling out, you know, this year centered around search experience and guest uh, engagement, you know, flexibility for the traveler, uh, conversion, meaning, you know, more bookings for the property owner. Uh, we recently recently announced a partnership uh, with Google where we're, an, we're integrated directly now into Google travel, really Google vacation rentals. And the result of that partnership uh, is we, Wimstay, will now have access to millions of potential guests looking to book last-minute stays, many of whom may not have found us otherwise. We're just scratching the surface of that. It's really cool. It's outside of what we're doing on the paid side of our marketing strategy. Uh, so we're really excited about that over the next uh, several months. Pro property acquisition across North America is really significant. Uh, by the end of this year, heading into uh, 24, you'll see us expand into the European market. We're already in Canada uh, and uh, uh, and Mexico, um, and it's after that it's it's more bookings, more bookings, greater experience, greater value for the traveler, and a lot more bookings for our property manager customers, and and that's where we're headed. So what was it like your first 30 days as CEO? Did you feel, did you have like imposter syndrome? Did you feel like you knew exactly what re, what you were doing? Were you well received by the employees or was it like a culture shock? I, I'm really curious to hear how you were able to um, not just have the title CEO, but then actually grow into the role of being perceived as CEO. Yeah, totally. And, and I, you know, I started as COO and it was just like three months later that I assumed the CEO e role. Uh, and mm -hmm. so, there's a and there was, you know, there's definitely some degree of like, what in the world did I just get myself into? I'm typically have worked at larger companies with more resources. There's cavalries and reinforcements and infrastructure and all this stuff. Uh, and so, uh, the the biggest thing for me at first was what to focus on and where to put my my personal time. And over the first couple of months, then try to get to a position where I'm really clear about where the team should be spending their time and the focus on strategy and roadmap and where we want to get to and how we want to get there. In the in the beginning, it was it was a little bit overwhelming only because it was a first time thing and I just hadn't been used to this type of environment. But honestly, the team that the the team that I walked into, so, so amazing, hardworking, um, great values, just really talented people, um, especially for, you know, what I thought or perception of just what a startup was. Um, I We've been fortunate enough to add four or five key new people onto the team who uh, I used to work with in the past. Uh, uh, they were gluttons for punishment, I guess, wanting to come back <laughs> more. Uh, and another person. And so having that um, uh, both of those things combine where we've got a set of awesome people across the board. Some really know how I think and what I do and how I operate, helping to transition uh, that over uh, and sell some of that uh, 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 guidance uh, to kind of the rest of the team has been really great. And, and it didn't take too long where it was just all about, I got to a place really quickly, I guess I should say, this is like, the coolest thing. And I just got really excited really fast and began talking to customers and partners and more just spent my day like any typical founder, I guess, where I'm only thinking about this business, where we can go, what, you know, what shouldn't we do? What have we, what have we done horribly over the past couple of months and just got to a happy place of, of I'm now obsessed with this business and I love the team and let's just go try to figure out a ways to not totally muck it up.
So what's been the most difficult challenge for you since you've taken on the role of CEO? Well, everything, you know, everything relative to other types of jobs that I had is um, categorically an order of magnitude harder. And so product development and how we do that and engineering and sales and marketing and how we reach customers and how we acquire customers, account management, customer service, uh, international expansion, and who knows what to who about ex potentially expanding into a new market legal. It's just harder. And I mentioned it before about the, about the, you know, lack of, of resources as maybe some of, you know, the larger sites might have relative to where we at. And what it really means to some degree is like, we all have to kind of step up and step in and do multiple things at one time, whether that's responding to a customer request or taking out the garbage. Uh, and it's just, I think it was, it was really fun for me to get, I guess, get into sort of the real grittiness of what it means to be a, uh, a, uh, a, uh, a CEO, you know, not a founder, but close to it. Uh, um, and, you know, you, you got to know how to take one, two, 10 good ones on the chin. And, and all that stuff was, I think, part of the adjustment pro process for me, but something that really grew on me. And now I just love the challenge of it. Obviously, with 20 years experience in investment banking, you've seen a lot of businesses succeed and you've seen a lot of businesses fail. What what was it about Wednesday that made you so confident that you were willing to take on the role of CEO? There were a couple. I, there were a couple things. You know, one, the idea of it to begin with, meaning the value proposition of there's fifty to seventy billion dollars worth of unrented nights every year that many of these, all of these property managers and property owners want to fill. Uh, so the, there was a product market fit that was undeniable, and the company had built a really solid foundation of a product that served that market opportunity with established um, software relationships and established property manager uh, relationships and a really good experience, but a massive, massive opportunity to to grow it and improve it and scale it and all of those uh, uh, and all those types of things. Um, and I came from a place I. I, uh, when I made the tr transition outside of banking, I, I started uh, at a, tr a payments company focused on the travel space. And, you know, we built, you know, end to end the payments experience at Verbo, which really meant we onboarded close to a million property owners uh, in North America and in Europe at Verbo through this work at the payment company and provided payment methods to travelers globally and where the merchant of record and manage risk and chargebacks and everything else. And we also happen to be integrated into the same software partners that were integrated to now at Wimstay and process payments for four or 5,000 property managers across those same regions in addition to eight or 900,000 individual uh, property owners. And so it was just the, it was the perfect combination of very relevant industry experience. The fact that the team was just awesome. And the fact that they had built a, a, a product that I really believed in and a market opportunity that I really believed in. And then the last thing is I actually thought I might have something to really like add to the table here in terms of where it goes from here. And the last thing, which is truly unique is the partner, uh, you know, Ben Jamshahi, who is the founder and former CEO, he was willing 
at some point to kind of hand over the day-to-day -day reins to someone else, which is unique at this stage of where we're at. Uh, it happened a lot faster. You know, the kind of the plan was the handshake deal was, you know, maybe in that, you know, 12 to 24 month period, the second year, let's do a bunch of stuff together. And, you know, three months in, uh, he decided to, uh, and we, I guess we decided together to change the nature of our relationship. And that's been really cool. So where can people find you and follow you as well as engage with the brand? People must go to whimstay.com or download our app register to be a user and we'll get you a best deal on vacation rentals anywhere in North America. Uh, and for property managers, property owners, uh, same idea there. Um, come check us out. Uh, and if you want to book some of those uh, nights that would have gone unrented otherwise, uh, come sign us up. Well, it's been an honor and a pleasure to have you on the Action and Ambition podcast. And I hope you'll come back and join us again as time passes and keep us updated as to how things are going. Awesome. Thanks, man. All right, man. Take care. Thanks for listening to Action and Ambition with your host, Andrew Metal. Please leave a review and subscribe and go to andrewmetal.com for all the exclusive lessons, behind the scenes footage and video content of the show. Follow us on Facebook and YouTube at Action and Ambition, and we'll see you on the next episode.